Tenkot, the only common denominator is authenticity and living in your meaningful purpose. Come and read our new ebook, plus see our discovery store and what wonderful tools we have for you. Do enjoy our shows and don't forget to share. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Their Story Matters. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. My guest today is Leah Guy. The fearless path. You know, every path that we walk in life, we walk with a certain amount of trepidation. But we should be walking with a certain amount of anticipation of excitement. What is around that corner? What opportunities and possibilities wait for me? Well, that real awakening to emotional healing and inner peace in the fearless path is what Leah has written about and is, this is what she speaks about. We're going to be finding out today what motivated the book and what are the fears that we put in our path and how fearless can we be to overcome them? Because yes, it's okay to have a little a little fear, just the common sense fear, but when it cripples us, it stops us from being all that we're meant to be and embracing all those wonderful possibilities and opportunities that are out there. So let us face that fearless or fearful path and change it into a fearless path so that we can really get out there and embrace life and all that we do. So Leah um, has just released her new book, The Fearless Path. Um, it's not only stories in the book, compelling information about our energy system, our overall wellness, and she thinks it's necessary for everyone on the self-care journey to understand. It's a practical book, easy to use and understand, useful no matter of the pain and the suffering one is enduring. So whether it's uh, addiction, weight issues, headaches, anxiety, sexual assault, behavior issue, the fa- uh, information is applicable and relatable. And that's what we want, isn't it, folks? We want relatable. Yes, I know what the problem is. Tell me what I can do about it. And when we've got that kind of attitude, I'm going to solve it. Then we find the answers. And maybe Lee's book is the answer for you today. So, Lee, what? come on and tell us all about it and what motivated you to write the book and uh, and become fearless in this fearful world. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Um, as you mentioned, we all have fear. And some of us have uh, fear that's transformed into great anxiety and phobias and has stopped us from doing many things in our life. But I believe that fear can be a teacher and it's actually one of our greatest teachers. So fear talks to us and it's up to us to listen and find out what our fears are saying. So I wrote the book really as a um, as a handbook after seeing hundreds and thousands of clients, after going through my own journey and experiencing uh, several different major traumas and a lot of smaller upsets and suffering, I realized that even though the story is different for everyone, how we come to our pain, how we get to this place of emotional distress, the uh, underlying issues are typically similar. And um, I started seeing that in, in my clients and myself. And if we can be brave enough to sit with ourselves in the self-care journey to listen, to be present, to accept, and to be really genuine with what's going on inside, then we can get down to the root of what our troubles really are instead of just treating symptoms. Right. Um, anxiety, as you know, is a symptom, yes. and we're treating it as if, as if it's a disease. And although I know some people have imbalances and so forth in their mind or body, these, uh, the exercises in the book, and the book is still applicable to those people, but by and large, people with anxiety have a lot of unresolved emotions, and um, we can work with that, and we can make progress and change our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're so caught up in the Band-Aid uh, cure, aren't we? You know, take a pill. Yes. Um, you know, have a lobotomy. Uh, you know, instead of <laughs> face, you know, <laughs> yeah, as it used to be, and probably still is in some places. You know, it's about being willing to be open with yourself. Uh, understand you're yeah. not meant to be perfect. The the perfection is in you embracing your imperfections and all the beauty that they are, because that's your gift of differenceness. Um, we're so busy living up to life's expectations, the society's dictation of what we should look like, what kind of career we should have, when we should marry, when we should have children, when we should do this, when we should do that. And nobody's asked anybody what they really want to do. And a lot of that suppression mm. that they have inside of them is they're put here for their own design, for their own gift to spend, to use uh, a service in the world. 
And when you deny that, you're going to cause in a conflict, aren't you? Yes, well, absolutely. And not only do we not ask what we want, but for people who do know what they want and then they're not going after it, then the question is, what's in my way? Yeah. You know, what's in my way? And then we, we again, externalize and think it's this that's in my way. It's that person. It was this relationship. It's because I was raised this way. Or, you know, we have all of these excuses and, and people that we blame and so forth. But really, again, underneath those things, there's emotional uh, issues that we're harboring that are keeping us from forgiveness, keeping us from strengthening our uh, our securities, our our willpower, our determination, from strengthening our heart and taking risks to love again. So we keep externalizing everything. And the truth is, is that we will never find happiness or any kind of healing when we're looking outside of ourselves. Yeah. Um, that's just, you know, that's just the way it is. Unfortunately, we all want the helping hand and the Band-Aid and so forth. But um, long term, it is a journey that we must take on our own. Yeah, I mean, it, life is an inside job. And, you know, we truly yeah. actually only understand our purpose in life when we we live from the inside out. Um, and, you know, you're talking about, you know, people's patterns and conditions. You know, parents have always done it that way. Why can't you do it that way? Um, mm -hmm. You know, we we have to understand that if you look at 100 years, then 200 years or 1,000 years and how we've evolved, uh, we realize there's a better way of doing something. There's a more honest way mm. of doing something. There's a there's a more simpler way of doing something. And it doesn't mean you have to be caught up in that treadmill of the same old, same old. If it's, you know, they say if it's not broke, don't fix it. But honey, if you're still mm -hmm. on the same treadmill and you're not getting anywhere, it's time to get off. <laughs> Right, exactly. And it is, it's hard to, to catch our patterns and our habits because we're in them. But mm -hmm. that's what's so wonderful about relationships. You know, when we're in a relationship with a lover or with the job or with family members or whomever, it, it, we need those people to help us and to show us and to, um, you know, shine a light on where we are stuck. We get very defensive and we, again, want to go into this hiding mode of, um, you know, just feeling safe and no one sees me and I don't want to deal with my life. But if we could be vulnerable enough to be in relationship with others that can teach us and help us and show us and point out in gentle ways, hopefully, that we're stuck or that we have this habit that could be something different and better and that we could grow in certain ways. Um, you know, so we need those relationships. Yeah. But the work comes down to doing it, you know, doing it ourselves. And that's what that, that's where the courage comes right. in, truly. Um, there's, you know, and it's scary. There's a quote in my book from Jim Morrison that, we, you know, we're more afraid of our own emotions than we are anything of the external world. Yes. And it's true. You know, we're we're terrified to sit with ourselves and and see how ugly some of that stuff looks inside, you know. But it's real. It absolutely is real. And I want to go back to a word that you said, you know, defensiveness. You know, um, mm. when you point out that, hey, it's not working, you need to try something else. Well, my ways work for me. You know, maybe your work, way work, work for you. And we go into defense. And it's why do we go into defense? Is it because we feel um, inadequate? You know, if I've been doing it wrong, yeah. therefore I'm inadequate. Um, or, you know, um, people are going to look at me differently because I've been doing it wrong. So I'm just going to defend the wrong way of doing it. Why do we get so defensive? And where does that insecurity come from? Well, it does come from low self-worth. It comes from feeling like we're going to be revealed and that we've been living a lie all the time. Mm -hmm. So when we're, when we're behaving in a certain way and then then we're shown that there's a different way or that way isn't the best, you know, for our lives or for other people's lives, then we have to admit and and show ourselves that we are weak, that we are imperfect, that we are, in fact, scarred and wounded. And from that place, that's the place where we can make the changes. But to get there, we have to be willing to say, you know what, I am yeah. weak and imperfect. And But it's from that, that's where the strength comes, you know, and that's, that's that's the hardest thing, especially when you're afraid of losing someone. You know, ultimately, we're afraid that we're not going to be enough for some person or valuable enough or lovable enough or whatever enough, and then we're going to get left behind. We're going to lose our job. We're going to lose the relationship. We're going to, you know, get defriended, and it's a terrible feeling. It feels um, 
it's you know it it's it's like a feeling of total rejection yeah. and that rejection taps into that low self-worth feeling or the guilty feeling or the you know the not good enough feeling that a lot of us have from childhood again though it's not to blame our parents for making us feel that way you know there's shame is one of the biggest and gnarliest beasts that are out there yes. but there's healthy shame as well as you know negative shame and we all unfortunately are play a part in the shame of another person you know purposefully or, or not purposefully it is a fact of relationships and i think it's one of the um components that can help us heal the most when we can present ourselves authentically in the face of our shame recognizing someone else has a similar shame to us to various degrees of, and still be present and still love yeah. that is powerful i think also is that when we're looking at people um you know as being someone in shame uh, you know um mm. i think there are shameful actions there are shameful yeah. behaviors but when those behaviors and those actions go into play um it's not necessarily that the person is shameful the action is because they know no different you know that's mm. the pattern that's the dna that's the upbringing and very often you know they're just doing what others have told them to do or or what is being done around them and that's all the compass right. that they have so you know very we're very often very quick to shame someone we can shame mm. the act and we can hold the responsibility uh, for the act but what they do in that responsibility will dictate how, you know how much shame they're carrying over it you know, i'm ashamed i did that I want to make amends, or are they going to stand by it? You know, and I think that's right. the mark of us as humanity, isn't it? Is that how much of ourselves are we going to own and our actions and our responsibilities? Right. How much are we going to say, well, it's the way I was brought up, so therefore, you know? Right. It's, it is the, the, um, the place of emotional maturity where we turn the corner into emotional adulthood. It's a very different place. Mm -hmm. than just turning 21 years old, you know. Oh, yeah. And we all come to it at various degrees and yes. various times in our life. Some people arrive um, earlier due to being forced to have to deal with some really heavy stuff. Other people don't get there until their late 40s or 50s, you know, and then they start to wake up and realize my life is the same as it was when I was 10 because my emotional barometer is not moving. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. stuck in this place of blame and shame and so forth. So it is um it is a lot about responsibility and recognizing that we are all human. We all uh you know make mistakes. We all have the capacity for any emotion and any kind of behavior and you know how are we going to maneuver through that and function and forgive and um and ask for forgiveness and own our stuff. Yes. Because, you know, I know that I think the initial shock for someone is, you know, when that wake up of, oh, my God, my, I'm living a lie. And, you know, mm -hmm. don't be ashamed about living a lie. You know, that comes from the delusion of, you know, of life around mm -hmm. you. You know, the fact that you've woken up and go realize, you know, what I've been doing is not right. You know, I've, I've gone the wrong path. I've been doing things the wrong way. I've not been honoring myself. This isn't a time to start feeling guilty or beating yourself up. This is a wonderful time because you're in realization. And in realization, right. you start to investigate what can help you out there expand. Right. It's the redemption story, you know. Mm -hmm. It's that... It's that redemption story that everyone connects to and loves. We, wa we love to watch movies of redemption stories. We love to see videos and stories of how someone, you know, made a new decision and had a comeback in their life and totally took a 180 and did something different and positive and tapped into their authentic purpose. And we love those stories because we all have the experience of that. We, we, self, mm -hmm. either we, we've been on the road. Whoops, sorry, you're cutting up there a bit. Oh, sorry. Uh, we, we've either been on the wrong path and on the wrong path, and we have such a yearning to reconnect to our soul and to our purpose and to our journey. So, you know, the, it's it's something we can all relate to, and it should not be anything that anyone's ashamed of but proud of, you know, right. and happy for. It's a time of celebration. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's a time to kind of realize that makes sense. No wonder I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> <You know>? exactly. <laughs> so now exactly. the happiness is up to me. What am I going to do about it? Yeah. And yes, that, I, I know that's, that's and that's that part. It is. And when, people. you know, when you're, it is, it's very hard. And when you have um, a life full of other people in your life, be it parents or siblings and uh, loved ones and, and relationships and so forth, you know, it, it, it even gets harder because we have to um, n- not disconnect from our emotions and our feelings and our history with these people, but actually, like you said earlier, own the experience instead of, you know, blaming our parents for making us feel a certain way, recognizing that right here, right now, I feel this way, and what can I do about this? It has nothing to do with them anymore. You know, it only has to do with you, and you have the power and the opportunity to work with that, to change that, to shift it, to digest it and process it, to learn from it, and to help another person, ultimately, you know? So that's where I really get excited about um, when we can really drop the blame and re- get into ourselves and take full responsibility for this is the way I feel right now. And there's where the, the path starts. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to uh, switch now to religion and faith because so okay. many people hide behind the doctrines of the religion that I think in many, many ways it keeps them in a state of fear and a, a state of crippling because it's, you know, the my God says I can't. Uh, and that mm-hmm. I must give it all up to the God, and I am only a servant of God, um, and so therefore I'm, you know, not worthy of joy or inner love, or, you know, uh, I'm not a dimensional creature. Um, how do we address people that are kind of caught up in that to even see the possibility um, of, you know, them making choices for themselves on their own? Well, there's two points to this that I would like to make. One is um, I I am an action taker. I believe in action. And mm-hmm. I love this word, uh, being a steward, being a steward of your life, being a steward. People that go to church regularly, you know, they tithe and they have um, uh, an obligation or a sense of obligation to give back and so forth. And they're tithing and they're being good stewards of their money when they're doing such a thing. If we could think of being a good steward of our life, actually – being the one that is taking care of all aspects of our being because we've been granted so much instead of feeling like that we um, have to surrender and 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 um, and I don't know not necessarily a defensive position but just sit back and wait for abstain, something bigger yeah. than us abstain from yes. action yes it's kind of waiting and yes to and be led. waiting yeah. right and i'm all for meditation i'm all for prayer these are wonderful acts of the mind body and spirit and they are helpful and um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with them however when we give all power to something mm-hmm. else when we have been given as we can all see we've been given the power to make money to feed ourselves to create people We've been given the power to take care of animals and be good stewards of our land and our relationships and the things that we have in our life. This is the, the, the space of being in um, that co-creation kind of space. And I don't mean to say that everyone's a god or goddess. Uh, I mean to say that we are all divine creatures yes. that have such great power and uh, can, can really manifest and and make come to life what we want and what we choose the problem is is that we can't control everything there is a higher sense of being and so many people get afraid because of the things that they can't control the biggest one being death Mm -hmm. or a major change in their life and so then in that fear they get kind of awestruck in the fear of i have no control but that's simply not true. We have so much control of our life. The second point I want to make briefly is um, people of all spiritual uh, beliefs and religions, I think, could benefit greatly from understanding a little more about what holistic health is. It is concerning to me when I see people um, only speak about one aspect of their life, whether it's a gem rat only talking about physical health or whether it's a priest only talking about spiritual health. 
again, we have been given this opportunity to be alive in our bodies with a great mind, with great emotions, and with a spiritual and soulful existence here. We are all of these things while we are alive. And I believe it's our duty to understand these things together and to take care of each one um, well. So it's not just about, you know, praying and reading scripture. It's about being compassionate, finding uh, love and compassion in our hearts. It's about taking care of our bodies and encouraging other people to do that. It's about, you know, being kind to others and ourselves. It's about taking care of this earth. You know, there's, there's all components that are wrapped together, and I think that they are all very important that go to the wayside. Yeah, so I don't, I'm not one to dock anyone's beliefs. You know, we all believe differently, but I do want to encourage those to open up to this idea of body, mind, and spirit, and also, you know, to uh, being an action taker, knowing that that's part of taking good care of what has been given to us. Right. You know, really, I love what the Pope says. I don't care what religion you are, as long as it's based in love and kindness. And, you know, mm-hmm. I would add gratitude and respect in there as well. You know, when we when we choose to be kind to one another, you know, when, when we choose to look at life from a, a place of gratitude, when we choose to respect each other's individuality, you know, we discover love. And when we discover mm. love, then that is the ultimate divine truth, isn't it? Um, you yeah. know, everybody thinks love is just physical, you know, two people coming together or a parent child in the arms, you know, that is a very all powerful love. Um, but we're talking about the love, you know, of literally nature around us, the, the innocence of children, the innocence of animals, the the laughter and the joy of good friendship, um, being proud of the job that you're in, uh, loving your contribution mm-hmm. that you give to life. I mean, that's all a loving energy. And that's really where we want to get people to, ra- uh, to be at, right? Living in a loving energy. Yes. Well, and even, you know, loving and finding appreciation for physical things. I know that Mm -hmm. there's a big movement, you know, of letting go and detaching and minimalistic and all that kind of thing, which is fine. I get it. And we all do have too much in our life. You know, Mm -hmm. we're spoiled beyond belief. However, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with really loving and being inspired by a work of art or a a vehicle or, you know, appreciating the minds that built such amazing things. And, you know, if people get so, um, oh, I'm not about that, you know, like there's some, some place higher than, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they get in this judgment mode of my life is more about, you know, prayer and, and feeding the hungry, which is wonderful. We all do need to pray and we feeding the hungry is a wonderful act of giving and love and compassion. But it's also okay to be alive, you know, it's, it's okay to encourage people's talents and gifts and and appreciate them and honor them and and that we can open our hearts as well you yes. know and and it will help us to grow and and it sparks our creativity and does so many wonderful things so it's all equally important in my eyes but of course yes the loving kindness is huge and the loving kindness should be in the money you make because when you love yes. what you do and you're doing it with kindness and you're doing where everybody's going to benefit from it, no matter what it is, uh, that loving energy rides through everything, you know, and it means even your currency, your money that goes out has a different vibration and might be spent in a different way. Because when we're talking about quantum energy, it passes through everything. But also I say, you know, go make a shoot load of money. Please do. Because that does me, that gives, if you even took 10% of everything that you made and uh, did it as a contribution into seeding opportunities for other people, you know, imagine mm-hmm. what kind of world we had. So this isn't about you are only superior if you're poor. Believe me, I'm, you know, I'm at that poorer scale and it doesn't make me superior at all. You know, it mm-hmm. doesn't make you superior if you're divine, if you're rich. We've got to understand mm-hmm. the enrichment lies within us. The abundance yes. lies within us. If you've matched your bank account to your inner abundance, wonderful. But you also, in that conscience, know how to seed those opportunities for other people. Well, and it's true. I think one of the problems is, is our society and the you know several past generations. We've really become a judgmental oh, society, well, yeah. Yeah. and 
Yeah, it's, it has so much less to do with what makes us happy. Honestly, I used to love working at this grocery store. I was a checkout girl at the, um, it was a health food store, so I, you know, vibed with that or whatever, but I really loved checking people out. I liked the pace of it. I liked interacting with people. I liked ringing the numbers in and memorizing the codes to the produce. You know, but a lot of people think that that's a, um, you know, inferior. maybe not the best job yeah. in the world. Yeah. Yes, it's inferior and it, and it's, not well. It doesn't take an education, and we mm-hmm. we get into a very severe judgment about it. But the truth is, is that it doesn't matter what we're doing if we find the value in it, and if yes. we can, you know, place uh, the importance of every little detail that goes on in this world. It's what makes the world go round, yeah. and we can be happy there. You know, we can be happy there. So uh, do, do you it's think a struggle in, for a lot of people. Oh yeah, I, and I think in a lot of ways we've become overeducated as a human race. And we've placed so mm. much emphasis on academics that we've forgotten all the other aspects of our life. The soul, the heart, yeah. the spirit, you know, the, the, the gift that you were given, you know, how to spend it, how to use it, how to find sheer joy in what you do. Because look at so many ac- academics from school to university, now into a job. Everything's now about protecting that job and climbing that ladder. Mm-hmm. It's almost that they're a slave to the knowledge and they've forgotten all those other beautiful aspects of life. They've forgotten it. Actually, you know, in the healing process, in the first chapter that I wrote about, I, I keep, and everyone that comes to me with major issues and they're trying to reset their life or make changes, especially when we're in anxiety and fear, the number one thing we need to do, in my opinion, is get back to the basics, the root. Get back to chop wood, carry water. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something very fundamental about connecting with our, our hands, our bodies, and the earth, or people, or, you know, things that we can get connected to and grounded to. And it is these kinds of jobs that I took a job as a remodeler one time. Actually, twice I did it. And both times, it was the most healing thing for me to do, not just um, emotionally healing, physically restorative it gave my mind a break. There's such value mm. in every kind of job. And, and like you say, you know, we've, we've become so um, academic and such reaching for this, quote, higher place of achievement that the reality is, uh, you know, the, the very fundamental basics is what is the building block for enlightenment. It's the building block for happiness. It's the building block for all connectivity. You know, and and if anything, we should be uh, relying and putting our sights on that place as much as anywhere to learn, to grow, to achieve, and to feel fulfilled inside. You know, um, used to be. Uh, we have it a little bit backwards. We do exactly. And the big word there was connecting. Um, you know, an mm-hmm. academic when they reach that higher level can only connect connect with people on that realm, on that level. Uh, they yes. don't actually know yes. how to have a general conversation outside of that knowledge right whereas somebody that's been diverse and had many jobs you know uh menial jobs big jobs responsible jobs mindless jobs uh, you know but the big thing has learned to connect with the people that knowledge that you're learning from the people as you go through these various jobs and the tools that you gather from each job that you go through that now are in your toolkit become something that actually make you more approachable and more connective than most people who have only kind of, you know, channeled all of their energy into one, their, all their eggs in one basket, yeah. so to speak. It, it does, and it also helps us with that diversity of emotion. Yeah. You know, we learn humility. We learn how to um, work with different kinds of people, different kinds of emotions, different experiences. It's all so valuable, you know. And if I would say one thing to anybody is don't undervalue or underestimate your purpose here. You know, there. Everyone wants to have their 15 minutes of fame or to, you know, be the next inventor of a great machine or something. But the truth is, is that loving one person well is just as purposeful as, you know, serving a whole community um, with a new idea or a new business. So every everyone's purpose here is valuable and what they do is um, it's immeasurable. All of it. What we, we do have some people what we overvalue. Um, yeah. for the wrong reasons. Um, right. And, you know, we see, you know, the people, you know, you can take the Housewives series for a start. Um, 
the the amount of you know the plastic surgery the my gown is more expensive my house is more expensive my husband is more expensive the infighting you know it's it's just a train wreck that people seem to want to watch but common denominator that we see there is money isn't buying these people happiness and mm -hmm. uh, and it's because it's not the money that's the evil it's uh it's the way we perceive money as being our worth and you right. know there is the inner enrichment and there's the is the monetary enrichment but the inner enrichment you're poor it doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account you're poor unless you're enriched from the inside out right and it, it all goes back honestly to value of self and how mm -hmm. we value ourselves you know mm -hmm. I, I remember years ago i made a decision i, I just felt like I felt a confidence and almost a message from above that I do not need to worry about money again. And it wasn't that I had a windfall of cash or started a new job that made me millions or anything like that. It was just a simple knowing that, um, or I guess I should say a, a, a understanding at this point in my life that I trusted myself. I trust myself. I've shown myself that I will not uh, abuse money. I don't need to abuse money. I've shown myself that I will do what it takes to keep food on my table and, and you know, lights on in my house and a roof on my head. And I trust myself. And it was a real turning point in my own healing of that low self-worth and that sense of value. You know, what do I need to feel valuable? And I was able to answer it that, I feel valuable and I trust myself and my value and in that I'm rich. I don't yeah. care how much money I have or don't have. I trust myself and another person can trust me. And when I am living in that energy, in that space, not only am I putting out a, a good vibe for people that may want to hire me or publish my book or do whatever they want to do uh, as far as work, but I also have a relaxed state of peace in me knowing that you know, uh, just like life, there's going to be ebbs and flows, but I trust myself and I will continue to trust myself. And in that, I don't have to worry. So it takes the um, value off of the money yeah. and puts it onto ourself, you know, and I think that that's what's most important. Some people, maybe they're just lucky and they, you know, were born into it or they have a ton of money for whatever reason. And that's fine. But I think the real question for all of this is how do I value myself and what does money mean to me? Right. You know, it's um, um, the value we place upon ourselves is the value we're taken for. And if we've, if we've placed the dollar sign on us, you know, that's exactly how we're going to be seen. But if we walk around of like, mm. I'm very, very, you know, enriched and empowered and of value with my contribution to life and who I am as a person, um, you, that's the value you take you for. But you also are resonating on such a vibration that, and such a, you're such an inspiration to others that it becomes an invitation. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, we're inclined to be very, very competitive in this world. And when we become collaborative, I think we gain a great deal more. Um, because that's really what it's about, isn't it? Bringing your best to the table and creating that feast of life along with others. Now, there's, really there's a statement that you write, write here, which a peace comes from the soul, not the mental illusion. And we've been talking a bit about that, but so many people talk about the heart and the spirit and they forget about the soul. So I love it when people mention that soul because it's that divine connection, isn't it? It's where that divine knowledge of truth and knowingness comes in and then speaks to the heart in resonance and lifts the spirit into action and the mind knows what it needs to know when it needs to know it. Um, but so many people just kind of dismiss soul, don't they? They're all, isn't that music? Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. And I think it's the number one reason for, for me and for uh, the work I do with emotional healing is why do it? Well, yes, we want to be happy and have peace here, but really it's to re reconnect, to be able to move through, wade through all of the stuff that's going on and get rid of the distractions so that we can reconnect with our true self. Yeah. And that's where there is abundant joy and peace and harmony. And it's, um, it's a beautiful, you know, a lot of fear, the fear of death, the fear of not being okay, the fear of not being enough. All of that starts to subside because we know we're so much more than this experience right now. 
So it is hugely important. And, you know, and I keep reemphasizing it, but I am a very big stickler on remembering that we're also physical beings here. Yes. And, you know, it's it's all equally important. But so many people have lost touch with the bigger yeah. sense of who they are. And, but, um, and I mean, that I divine soul spirit, um, it present within the body is so beautiful, isn't it? Because, you know, obviously the spirit has no body. So it's boundless energy. It can go anywhere and do anything. But when you can take that energy and immerse it through your body, literally you can feel the oxygen through your your veins, you know, through your body. You can feel a glow and a presence um, and a shift that is so absolutely wonderful. It uh, changes the way your body interacts. It changes the way you digest your food. It changes your health within your body. I mean, People don't actually understand that when you step into that divine resonance within your body, how healing it is. And, you know, we talked at the the top of the hour here, you know, about people with, you know, addiction and weight issues and headache and anxiety and, all, and even sexual and uh, assault and behavior issues. And people, well, how can you do that? You know, don't you need a drug for that? And that drug, again, is that kind of ethoria of your own resonance and your own divine energy, isn't it? It heals everything. It, it does, but it does take some work to get there. Yes, you know? yes, I yes. think There's we all no, have no downloadable sense, app. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, no magic pill. Yeah. It is. It is something that you have got to participate in in the journey. But you know, yeah. let's touch on that. How your own health can be healed through the process, and that it's not about your destination. It's not about the end game. It is about the process and what you learn in each step of that process that you become. Right. Well, it's um, it's kind of like, you know, it's speaking about energy and the spirit. Uh, the spirit is our tangible sense of that soul self, and that's what we recognize in each other, the spirit of a person. We can tell if someone has a bright spirit or a hungry spirit or a low spirit or if they're down and out in their spirit. So we recognize the spiritual part of a person, but... In ourselves, it's about connecting into the soul self. So it's a little bit of a different idea, and it does um, have a direct impact on our physical health. And this is one of the reasons I really value energy work as a modality. Mm -hmm. It's a very subtle type of body work and healing work, but when you're working in the energy field, you have a, an opportunity to um, transform and shift some of that old patterning you know, we get our, we get very stuck in our mind, and then we get stuck in that emotional body, and then the physical body actually gets stuck, and that's what starts causing ill health. And yeah. we know that stress causes ill health. Yes. And so we can do a lot physically um, to correct some of the physical parts of what's going on. If you have trouble, um, you know, digesting food, or if you're constantly constipated, there's a lot of things you can take and do to ease some of that movement. But if you work in the energy self and into the spiritual self, connecting into the soul of, you know, what's really going on, then you have an opportunity to shift the subtle um, aspects of your being to restore health in that way so that the pattern is not only just um, reaffirmed into a more positive situation, but it start, then, it then affects the physical body. So the physical body um, can be supported in a deeper level in, the, in its healing so it does um, it does matter, you know, and not that energy work is going to be a cure-all for all conditions, but again, using this holistic approach of, okay, I'm attending to my body, what emotional issues at the core underlying the real problem here of my condition, and at my soul, energy, spirit level, um, how can I support my personal environment, my personal space? So that my mind, my emotions, and my body get the support that they need to actually um, take form and 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 shift, you know. And and we need all of it. We need yeah. all of that kind of support to really make lasting change. I think it's but going it's, from, and it's possible. Yeah, going from powerless to empowerment. And you know, mm -hmm. when when you caught in that you're know, powerless, you know, it's because you don't know. You're not tapped into that energy. You're not knowing how to do it for yourself. When you, you know, start that process and you take them through that, they now become empowered. You know, uh, I right. have some 
power over this. I don't have to give my, you know, I'm not powerless. I am empowered. I can do yeah. this. It's just a question of learning, participating, and, you know, doing um, to make it happen. And that, I think a lot of people are just so scared because they feel they're powerless. But you're giving them their power back, aren't you? You're empowering them to take I hope so, yeah. action <laughs> and ownership over their own body, mind, and soul. Um, yes, and live that fearless so. path instead of a fearful path. Because, you know, we admire people, don't we, that kind of take that leap of faith. And I've had people here on the station um, that I've interviewed that have left me gobsmacked, you know, totally in awe with what they've gone through in life. You know, you wouldn't blame them at all for giving up because what they've gone through is so horrific. But mm. on that journey, they discovered their strength. They discovered their courage. They discovered their empowerment. And what they're doing today in serving themselves and humanity, their meaningful purpose, and is such a massive contribution even just with their story, never mind what the you know action they're taking from it, it is so inviting and so empowering to us that if this one ordinary person who had this awful thing happen to them can be so extraordinary today in their courage and their existence, there must be something within me that I can mm. find, right? So yeah. the capability is in all of us. We've just got to be willing to open up that door and go... I'm willing to believe in me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for some of us that have been through a lot of trauma and abuse, that's a very difficult place to get to. Yes. You know, and, and I suggest that whether it's a friend, a support group, an organization, or there's a lot of, there is a lot of help and support available, but for people that are really struggling to believe in themselves or to be willing to look at some of the horrific things that have happened and left them in a state of um, stress and emotional upset and, and trauma than to get help because yes. we don't have to do it alone. Right. I mean, know, even to. though the work, no, the work that we do will be an inner journey, but there's so many people, like you said, that you've had on your show that we've all been witness to and inspired by that, um, that know pain Mm -hmm. that can be a friend, you know, and, and that's often what we just need. We just need to know that someone's there and uh, this is not the first time that something like this has happened and that I can, I can get through this. So I do encourage people to uh, find support. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is we are not a, you know, we're a village people. You know, we are meant to be a community, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the individuality is in our own ownership of self, our own choices, our own actions, but it's for the greater good, which is your community. Um, and when we, at times of need, we need to know that we can lean on other people as they will lean on us when they need to. Mm -hmm. And it's finding that village of support around you that not only understands and that's one of the reasons why people go through trauma and pain is to understand, to overcome, to make peace and now help others through it. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, when you embrace that, I think it, you never forget what's happened to you, nor are you meant to. But what you don't do is give the power to the pain anymore. Right. You can see it for what it is, but the pain no longer dictates your life. Right. It's true. We have to learn how to respond to life instead yeah. of just uh, react to all the triggers. Right. I mean, can anybody get through life without something happening to them? You know, for some No, not at all. No. And, and, you know, what are those things there? They're to ten test our strength, our tenacity, you know, to ignite mm -hmm. that inner voice to come out, to, to seek that guidance, to be all that we're meant to be. They're just kind of those redirects, you know, if you're not going to get the kiss on the brow and follow the path you're meant to do, that might be a cosmic two-by-four. Right. It's true. We have to, um, you know, there's there's rhyme and reason to everything in life, and that's part of that crown chakra connection to divine spirit is trusting in the order of all things, and it's also equally important of being connected to this earth and recognizing yeah. that we're here going through it with everyone else, you know, and in between there's a whole host of things that happen in our day-to-day -day life and in our life overall. And each of them 
do teach us. It is, it's a fact. Yeah. Um, we may not like the teaching, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they do teach us. And it's up to us how we learn and move forward from it. And what we're going Sometimes to do we're it. very stubborn. Yeah. We, yeah, we can be our own mortal enemies with that, can't we? Because, you know, yeah. the old <laughs> adage, cut your nose off to spite your face, you know? And, uh, yeah. you know, and sometimes we have to look, where is that coming from? And again, going back to that feeling of unworthiness or, you know, shamefulness, you know, um, um, I'm ashamed that this has happened to me. No, this has happened to you for a reason. You know, uh, go through the process, go through the emotions, go through the healing, and then you'll actually understand the purpose. Um, but we've got to be willing to do that. So can you tell me, uh, this is an interactive book, The Fearless Path? It is, and there's a lot of ex- exercises, practical tools in there, things that I've uh, coined, emotional workouts and spiritual mapping, meditations. Um, there's also a companion meditation CD on my website if anyone needs guided help. But there's a lot of... Um, a lot of true stories and a lot of practical tips and tools for people so that they have some support and to get them thinking in a new direction. So I think it's, um, you know, it's a valuable resource for most anyone, whether you're dealing with something uh, chronic or something just acute right now, or just to uh, strengthen and support your own emotional well-being and spiritual life, then I think anyone will find value in the book. And this is the thing I think what people are wanting today. They don't want an encyclopedia. You know, they want somebody that can show them the process. You know, um, right. uh, you know they, they've been through that. This is how they did it. This is the process that they took. And, you know, it, it's not, a, a, you know, a, a paint by numbers. You know, it's um, this is the process that you took. And people can start that process then, and then kind of meld on their own. But it, it, the whole point yeah. is that you're showing them a path to take that has yeah. worked for you and that can work for them but people have still got to kind of put their own spice in their own food haven't they they've still got to take oh, yeah. ownership themselves along the way of um you know of oh, this i'm going to tweak this i'm going to change this a little bit but i think books like this actually work far better for humanity right now because it is interactive you're inviting people to check themselves in the moment and and, and give them an action because I think that's what's so missing in a lot of the teachings is that it's all theory and no action. And we yes, really need, I to, agree. We need to give people um, the action. Okay, this is the problem. I feel sorry for you. Nurture, hug, kiss, kiss. Now what are we going to do about it? And they need an action to take. And uh, so it's yeah. really good to have a book where you actually give them the action to take because nothing can move forward unless the action moves forward. Yes, it's true. And, you know, when you have kind of a a toolkit or some action-taking ideas, you can move slowly at your own pace, you know. You can jump around in the book and try different things if you resonate with one area more than another or find a particular type of suffering that you're dealing with. Um, You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be linear. Mm -hmm. For some of us, though, it is kind of that linear experience and we can and work through the whole book. But um, I agree. I think that the there is a lot of theory, and I've read a lot of those books myself. And some of them can be inspiring, but ultimately we, you know, we need uh, some new tools that we yeah. can use. And yeah, that's what I hope to have offered. Yeah. And I thank well, you for recognizing that. Yeah, that is important. But people do need the tools. They need to how to. Okay, I've heard you. How do I do it? And this is why, yeah. you know, getting them on that journey, on that path you know with your tools along the line you know everybody knows what a hammer is but look at how many millions of ways a hammer can be used and so you're just sharing Mm -hmm. how to use that hammer and along the way they'll discover another way of doing it and they'll end up teaching someone else and that's the way that it goes so having an interactive um you know toolkit along with you know the, the encouragement and everything else is exactly what people need so thank you for writing this book oh you're welcome thank you and uh, you know the fearless path you know if we decide to step on our path of life without fear you know not fear that's crippling the old common sense fear is good but you know changing that fear into excitement and anticipation of what's around the corner you know we will actually kind of start feeding that energy that will support us on our journey a lot better won't we yes of course and that's it's really exciting to get on that journey yeah most certainly is. I promise you, the yes. waters are wonderful. Come on in. Um, <laughs> you, know, you won't go back, that's for sure, because you've got the tools. 
to protect you you've uh, raised your energy vibration the people around you are different you know the atmosphere that you're living in is different that doesn't mean to say stuff won't happen to you but you'll be so much more equipped to deal with it because you have these tools this knowledge and this uh, heart mind and soul set so really really important so as is your work so would you please let people know how they can get hold of you and um, how they can get the book sure um, the Fearless Path is available online at Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Target. Um, it's in a lot of stores, and if it's not in your store, you're welcome to ask for it, and they will get it in very soon. Um, it's, it was just released last week, so it's an exciting time. Brand new book, book right now. Great. Yes, it's your brand baby. new. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. And the you can also find links on my website and more about my work and the meditation studio and so forth at leaguy.com or modernsage.com. Those are my websites. And there's products on there as well, and you can contact me through there. And I'd love to hear people's uh, response to the book, stories, etc. I learn from people just as they learn from me, and, uh, you know, we, we all need each other. So uh, that's, that's what I love most. As the book's been getting out into the world, people feeling safe to open up with me and share a little bit about uh, their story with me and it's really inspiring so I I like to hear from people exactly it's exactly you know what I'm doing here on self-discovery radio is by sharing somebody else's courage strength and and abilities into where they are now you know again becomes that invitation because of that inspiration but it's also showing that we are so much more than um, the life you know, will you know that we think life will allow us, and we are really awesome human beings when we step into that. Um, yeah. I'm going to um, spell Leah in case people don't know. So it'll be triple w dot l e a h g u y dot com. So Leah guys, so Leah spelt with an H in case um, there isn't any of that spelling. And of course, modernsage dot com mm-hmm. is a, is an easy one to do. I really recommend getting the book. It's always very encouraging to hear from other people who've had the story, have made the journey, because it's so so important that you get um, that ability to you know to to hear other people's story because I guarantee you it encourages you, it inspires you, but it also shares with you the tools and the knowledge that you need to apply to your own life. So, Leah, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you. I really had an, an enjoyable time. I appreciate the work you're doing as well. Um, but, you know, that's part of the village, isn't it? Supporting one yes. another. So, uh, and the more we do, the more we help each other out and forget about competitiveness, but collaboration and cohesiveness, the more we expand as that village and uh, and it helps heal everybody. So um, most certainly. Yeah. So thank you very much, Leah. And uh, Thank to you. and to everyone else out there, remember, it's your journey, it's your process, but it can only start when you're willing to take that first step. Bye for now, folks. <laughs>